Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God tonight to the book of Psalm. Psalm 150. This morning we talked about repentance, looking at the book of Daniel, and we referenced Psalm 51, but we didn't make it there uh, for time's sake. Tonight we'll be in Psalm 150, and tonight we're going to talk about praise. Um, we can praise God because He does forgive, amen? And just like Daniel went to the Lord, he knew where to go in time of trouble, and uh, in time of, of punishment, and in time of consequence, in anguish. In distress, he went to the Lord, and he carried all of that there. We thank the Lord that we can carry all of those things to the Lord, but we can also come to the Lord with praise, with thanksgiving, with adoration. We're about to enter the Thanksgiving season, and this is a great message to kind of get us in the mindset of praising the Lord and thanking God for his goodness, um, that those things that are due his name. Psalm 150 you found your place, let's stand together. We'll have prayer and we'll begin reading in verse 1. So let's pray first. Father, how we love you tonight. How we thank you for this precious hymn, this psalm. Lord, this uh, psalm that not only was sung to you to bless your name, but Lord, as we read it tonight, we want our hearts to lift up your name in praise and to be blessed. And we want to bless you tonight. And so, Lord, we just thank you and we love you. We worship you. We ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts, guide our thoughts, Lord, as we Go into this psalm, and as we look at your word about this matter of praise, and we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to do better, to praise you more, Lord, to speak of the goodness of God, and, uh, Lord, to proclaim the good things that you do. And Lord, we love you, and we just ask you to, to help us in this way, because we do want to worship you with our praise, but, Lord, we also want to do better at our praise. So we ask you for your help now. Guide our thoughts and minds and speak to our hearts. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Psalm 150, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. And I want to preach on that thought tonight. Simply praise. You may be seated. What a great psalm. Six verses, short but right to the point, And we would say, oh, so sweet tonight. As we think about praising the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I read this psalm in this chapter and I think about praising God, the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh no, we don't praise God enough. I guess because, you know, our, our, the sinfulness of our flesh is kind of wired backwards when it comes to things like this. And, and what I mean by that is that we are so naturally prone to speak more of our, of our problems, our pressures, all the negative things that we experience in life than we are to speak of the positive things, the power of God and the praises of God, the good things that he does for us. We do mention them, but it's just, it just seems to me like we're so much more frequent about mentioning all the negative stuff, aren't we? 
I think we probably talk twice as much. Well, there's a statistic that says, you know, customers share bad experiences like 10 times more than they share good experiences. And I would say sometimes when it comes to to our treatment of God in this way, I think sometimes we fall into that same category, you know? So we might as well just put out an oh me right there if you can't say amen and, and, and just realize tonight that, hey, we can do better and we should. We need to do better. Let's learn. Let's think. Let's try. Let's, let's make the effort to praise God tonight and to give him the praise that is due to his name. So there are some things that come to mind when we think about praising the Lord. This psalm talks about praise and this song, psalm tells us to praise. So tonight, how can we praise the Lord? What are some things that we can do to praise our God tonight? Well, let's tiptoe through the scriptures, the Psalms in particular, since this is the book of praise. And let's see what God says about how we can praise his name. You know, sometimes we think about praising the Lord and all we think of is praise the Lord, you know. Uh, But there's a lot more we can do, a lot more we should do, a lot more we need to learn to practice to give that praise that's due to his name. So let's look at the Psalms, and let's go to Psalm 33 tonight. We're just going to tiptoe through this. I'll wait for you to turn. I'd like for you to see these verses. You can mark them down. If you're taking notes, write down the reference in, in case you don't get them all. But the Psalms teaches us how to do this. Psalm 33 in verse 2 tells us how to praise the Lord. It says, praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Now, I know you may be sitting here tonight, kind of like me, and you may be thinking, well, preacher, I don't know how to play the harp. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, the Bible tells us about the, the reference, I think, when I think of the harp, I think of David going in. You remember when Saul had those those evil spirits that would torment him? And David would come in and play, and it would soothe him. And he would kind of come back in his right mind, you know. Well, I always thought, well, you know, that's a, that's a nice, sweet little story. Until when I pastored in Georgia, we had a lady in our church, a young lady, that could play the harp. And so on, a, on an occasion, uh, you know, special occasions, they would wheel that thing in there, and she would tilt it back, and she would play the harp. I don't remember how many strings... That thing has on it. I mean, it's just strings. But she would begin to play, and I thought, oh, my soul, that is beautiful. And, I mean, if you love stringed music, it was just something else to sit and listen to the music flow out of this this thing, this harp. How could this thing, this little curved pole and all these strings, how could it make such beautiful music? I don't know, but it does. And uh, I know she had something to do with that. Um, and the way she played it. And I tell you what, the more she played, the more we enjoyed it. We, we just began to look forward to her bringing the harp and playing because every time she did, maybe she was getting better every time, I don't know, uh, but we just seemed to enjoy that so much more. Each time was better, it seemed, she played the harp. The last time I remember her playing, she played at a missions conference, and we decided she was going to play during the offertory. Well, because of the arrangements of speakers and who was speaking when, we decided to push the offering all the way to the end of the service. And so we had the service and the speakers and all of that, and we got to the offering time, and we had the ushers come. We prayed for the offering. They went down the aisles, and she began to play. 
and she was positioned here at the front. And so I came over to the chair, and I, I sat, and I watched the ushers go down the aisles with the plates, and they went out the back. The offering was done, and because the service was over, they went, like, like the men do, they, they went to go, you know, count it and turn it in and all that, do what they do. I didn't realize that where she was seated, she couldn't see where the men went. And she didn't know the offering was over. She kept playing and playing and playing. And I thought, man, how long is this song? It sure is pretty, but it sure is long. And we just sat there and sat there, and I thought, boy, oh boy, I don't think I've ever heard a song this long. And so finally I thought, man, I don't really want to hurt her feelings, but boy, it's kind of getting late. We've been a long service here, and it's kind of, we passed overtime, and it's time to go to lunch, and I know people are ready to go, so I slipped on up to the pulpit and I said all right God bless y'all you're dismissed and people began to make their way out and she stopped playing and I came down and I went over to thank her for playing and she said oh thank you and I said what thank you what for what and she said I didn't think I could play anymore my fingers were about to fall off you know (laughs) then she began to tell me that she couldn't see the men exit the building she didn't know when to stop and uh boy then I felt bad for her Uh, You know, she played and played. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that we can praise the Lord. And and let's not think only of the harp, because look, verse 2 mentions also the instrument of ten strings, the psaltery. And so let's, let's understand that we can praise the Lord with music and with singing. Now, you know, people have different ideas about about how to praise the Lord with music. But I just challenge you to read the Bible. God's word tells us we can praise him with music. And, and I want you to understand that that, that is, that, that is a, a broad topic, and it leaves a little room for, for variety in there. All right? So there's plenty of room for not only all of our missionaries, but all of our nations of the world and, and the different cultures and, and styles and, and things like that. Now, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not a proponent of bringing the world's music into the church. All right, but, but I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we can draw the lines so tight, I don't know if David would have fit into some of that. And I think we just need to be careful not, not to do that too much, right? Remember, the whole reason why we're doing it in the first place is to praise the Lord, right? To praise the Lord. We can get so professional in our service to the Lord, sometimes we can leave some people out. And uh, don't forget, not everyone's had professional training. Well, that young lady obviously had. She'd taken many lessons. She was good at playing the harp. But, you know, don't you think that, that God receives the praise of someone who could pick up an instrument, maybe teach themselves and sing a song to the Lord, even if it's not professional, even if not everything was just so? Maybe, maybe, maybe they weren't the best singer, right? But, but we understand that the intent of the heart is to praise God and, and when we're doing it for the Lord and we're praising him, I think God likes that. I, God wants to hear that praise that comes through our music and our singing. Look at Psalm 63. Turn a few pages over. Psalm 63. We're just going to go back and forth through the Psalms. Look at verse 5. Psalm 63, verse 5. And the Bible says, There my soul shall be satisfied... 
as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. So we said we can praise the Lord with music and singing. We can praise the Lord with joyful lips, with the things we say, right? Not just things we say, but joyful things that we say. So look, making the effort to be joyful and happy and positive, hey, that's biblical, right? Don't, don't think that all those positive, happy people are warped and bent in the wrong direction, okay? No, it might be that they are on purpose trying to be a praise to God with what they are saying. And so the psalmist said, I'm going to praise God by having joyful lips. You know, I think sometimes, and maybe some of us are, are wired a little different so that we're not, we're not naturally prone to being joyful. Well, if that's the case, then, then we need to tune up. And we need to teach our lips some joyful things so that we can speak in a way that praises God with joy. You know, when God has provided for us, when God has been good to us, God has given us sunshine and rain. God has given us blessings and provision. God has answered prayer and all these things. I don't think he's pleased when we walk around with our jaw dragging the ground. I think we need to practice on purpose being joyful. That is a way, according to the psalmist, that we can praise the Lord. Let's turn over to Psalm 71 and look there. Psalm 71. How can we praise the Lord? In Psalm 71, the Bible says in verse 22, I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou Holy One of Israel. So here we have instruments of praise. And, uh, you know, we, we need, if you can play an instrument, you should use it to praise the Lord. That young lady did, and I know many others that have. Uh, Miss Hope plays the piano tonight, and she's learned that from, uh, from a, a young person in her life. And all her life, she's played the piano for the Lord. And, you know, we certainly, we certainly need to do that. If you ha can have the ability uh, to play an instrument, then, then praise the Lord with it. Use your talents and your abilities to praise God. The psalmist certainly was doing that. Now look at Psalm 109. Maybe you're not musically inclined and you'd say, well, Pastor, I play the CD player better than an instrument. All right, then Psalm 109 is certainly uh, going to be something that you would be interested in because, well, I went a little too far, because it gets us a little bit away from instruments. And in Psalm 109, look at verse 30. The Bible says there, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. And so here we find the psalmist praising God, not with music, but with words. He said, I'm just going to praise God with my mouth. I'm going to praise God with the things that I say. You know, that, there's, there's two thoughts there that, that come to my mind when you, when you talk about praising God with words. Well, first of all, we're talking about the quality of those words. I think that's an area that we can watch. That's an area we could grow and improve in. We, we, could have, we, could have, we could improve the quality of our words, and we can praise God that way. And then how about the content of our words? The message of our mouth. What are we saying, actually? You know, sometimes we think well of ourselves. We, we think, well, hey, I don't speak like the world with gross profanity. Wonderful. 
But if you're, but if you're a gossip, then you're not much better. Because if, if, we, if we use our mouth and sin against God and do things that the Bible condemns, that's not a praise to the Lord. We want to make sure the content of our mouth and our lips praises him. That we speak things that the Bible says become sound doctrine, right? Things you can take to the bank. Things that are true and right and of good report uh, and all of that. So we can praise God with our words tonight. I'm just going to go a little faster for time's sake. But look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and verse 7. Another way we can praise the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 7. The Bible says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Now, if you're in the habit of marking in your Bible, uh, underline this expression, uprightness of heart. Or if you're taking notes, just write that down. What is that? What's uprightness of heart? Is that, was, is, is that, is that when your heart is, is, you know, straight up and down? No? Uprightness of heart is uprightness of life. We call it character. We say, I'm going to praise you with my character. That's how we would say it in the South. It's, it's talking about the way we do things, the way in which we live. We would say, I'm going to praise you by doing the right thing. All right? Because when we do the right thing, isn't that what we say? We, we say doing the right thing builds character. Remember that? It's been a while since I heard that, by the way. This generation today don't talk much about building character. They're more interested in building their portfolio, right? And, and, and they don't understand the connection between the two. But we need to understand the importance of our character. We need to understand the importance of doing the right things. God is very interested in that. He's interested in the actions that we take every day. He's interested in the choices that we make. God is interested in the decisions that you and I make about what to do, about uh, doing right and wrong, about choosing what is right. God is interested when we, when we look and we choose, sometimes not between right and wrong, but sometimes when we choose between good and best, and we choose the best. God delights in that. God pays attention to those things. He knows what we're doing, and he's very interested. The psalmist said, this is how I can praise the Lord. Hey, if you're here today and you, you can't sing a special and you can't play an instrument, then I'm going to tell you today, you can praise God with your life. You can praise him with your words, as we noticed a moment ago. And now we're finding out you can praise him by the way you live. You can praise him with a brightness of heart, which is character. You can praise him with your life and the choices that you make and the actions that you take. What a great lesson from the psalmist. Turn to Psalm 138. How can we praise the Lord? <clears throat> Again, just tiptoeing through the Psalms, we're talking about praise. And in Psalm 138, we're going to look at verse 1. How can we praise the Lord? The psalmist said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing unto thee. So how can we praise the Lord? We praise the Lord with our, he said, my whole heart. We praise the Lord by, by being wholehearted, by giving our best at what we do. The New Testament says it like this. You know, um, I just lost the wording. Um, 
that we should do as unto the Lord, right? That we should serve as unto the Lord. It's in Colossians. I, I forgot. I forgot the wording. There it is. Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. That's right. Colossians 3, around verse 17 somewhere. Okay. Um, hey, hey, there's another place where the Bible says, I think in Ecclesiastes, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Okay, again, being wholehearted. What does all that mean? Well, we would say it in the South like this. Do your best. Do your best. Hey, when you take on a responsibility, when you do a job, do you do your best? You know, there's a lot of people who don't do their best when they go to work. They don't do their best when they're doing things throughout the day. They, they do it until they get tired or they do it until they, they think their boss might be satisfied. And they call it something we hear all the time. Good enough. Right? How many of you understand good enough is not always good enough? (laughs) You've seen that, right? Is your good enough good enough? Really? So as Christians, the Bible says we serve the Lord. He's really our boss. So when we go to work and we go to do something, we should do it as if Jesus is going to come and inspect afterwards. And if it's good enough for him, then it's truly good enough. Amen? And when we stop and we're done and we did it for him and we did our best, then we know that, that that is a praise to our God. God loves it when we're wholehearted, when we put forth our best ability. You know, my parents used to tell me when it came to schoolwork or sports or whatever, they would say, son, just do your best. Do your best. Mom and I had a good relationship. We were connected about that. And she knew I wasn't going to lie to her. And, and by the way, it didn't matter if I did because she knew if I did my best or if I didn't. So when she said, do your best, I took it to heart and I did my best. And when I told her I did my best, and she understood, that's the best I can do. And so we worked at that. It was never, it was never make straight A's. There was, never a, there was never a value put on the grade. It was always, you do your best. And she didn't have to worry beyond that. And, you know, if each of us are serious about doing our best, that's the way it would work for us as well. Because we would strive to make the mark. We wouldn't need to be motivated or prodded to it. We would reach for that prize ourselves, and we would give our best effort to get there. And when we do that, the psalmist is saying, God is pleased with that. And that's one way we can praise God in our life, by giving our very best at what we do, being wholehearted as we do it. Um, this is in the New Testament, and I'm, and I'm not going to have you turn there because I want you to stay in Psalms. But in Romans 15, verse 11, it tells us that we can praise the Lord with clapping. Uh, this is the verse is up here. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And again, praise you, the Lord, all you Gentiles, and laud him, all you people. The word laud means to clap. And you know, when I saw that in the Bible... It encouraged me because I have been in places where some people thought it was sinful to clap. So guess what? After a special or after someone playing the piano or speaking, you, oh, you don't dare do that. And I think, you know, I'd rather hear somebody clap than just hear deadness, crickets. <laughs> you know, that doesn't praise God at all, right? And so God wants us to be alive and God wants us to be expressive. And, you know, clapping is not always applauding the performance, right? 
we can be applauding our God when we clap. We can be clapping for the truth that was proclaimed in song or maybe in message. We can clap at that. Sometimes in a public speaking event, someone says something that people agree with, and because it's not church, they don't say amen, they just clap. That's appropriate. That's what the verse is teaching us. It's okay to laud him, right? And, and so we can praise the Lord with clapping. Now you might go on to the next thing and you might think, why should I praise the Lord? Or maybe tonight we're thinking, why should I do better at praising the Lord? There's a lot of reasons for that, but let's look at a few of them. Go to Psalm 52. Psalm 52, again, we're just going back and forth through the Psalms, and we're just learning from some of these principles tonight. Psalm 52 and verse 9, I'm, I'm just skipping the first one, fellas. I'll come back to it. Psalm 52 and verse 9, notice it says, I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it. I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. So we're learning there that we can praise him or we should praise him because of what he does for us. I will praise thee for thou hast done it. Hey, has God done anything for you? Then shouldn't we praise him for that? You know, sometimes we're guilty, and I, I know I am tonight. I'll just say, oh, me right there. I know that I'm guilty of sometimes just saying praise the Lord once. When God has done, done something so great, I should say it a hundred times. Man, I just, I don't. Sometimes I don't. But as I look at this subject tonight, I'm thinking, you know, I want to do better. And I hope you do as well. We should be better at praising the Lord and telling not just one person, but everyone we know. When God does something great for you, when God answers a great prayer, when, when God opens big doors, when God does something big, say it often, say it loud, say it long. Because of what he has done, praise him. Notice in Psalm 118, why should we praise the Lord? Going over to Psalm 118, look with me at verse 21. And the Bible says, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. You know, why should we praise the Lord? Well, we should praise him for answered prayer. Because God does answer our prayer. And the psalmist here is praising God and he's saying, I'm praising you because you heard me. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because of our faith, we know God hears us. But when he answers, oh, that's so precious. That's proof that he heard. And now he's performed and he's answered. He's done the thing we've asked. My, oh my, how we need to do better at praising him for those things as well. Has God answered a prayer for you? Have you praised him for it? How many people have you told? Boy, we need to do better at just telling people how good God is, how he's answered our prayers. Praise him for it. Psalm 119, one chapter over. Verse 164. The longest chapter in the Bible. 164. Notice what the psalmist says. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. We don't like the word judgment. But when God gives judgment, it's righteous. It's deserved. Right? Whether it's to us or to someone around us or someone in a foreign place, God is righteous in his judgment. 
The psalmist knew this, and that idea is expressed in Psalm 23 when the psalmist said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, I don't know about you, I don't usually think of judgment as comfort. Those two, like, really, they don't really go together in most people's mind. But the psalmist said, I can be comforted by those two instruments of judgment, not because of what they are, but because of who holds them. Because of our love and our trust in our God, we can, be, we can take comfort and know when He judges us, it will be right. It will be done right. And He will be just in it. It's an amazing thought. And here the psalmist said we should praise the Lord because of His righteous judgments. Because all of God's judgments are right. Look at Psalm 150. We started there tonight. And if we go to Psalm 150 in verse 2. It says, praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. There's two reasons there in that verse. His mighty acts, which He has done. The Bible teaches us all about those. It is replete with His mighty acts, the things that God has done. But in your life, too, I'm sure you could add to the list of some mighty things God has done for you. And we should praise Him for those. And then last, for his excellent greatness, it says. His excellent greatness. You know, God is beyond great. He's beyond good. The Bible says he is excellent great. Ex- that may not be good grammar, but that's good Bible. Amen. God is excellent. And, and we need to thank him for it. Something we don't think of often, but we should. The Bible in Deuteronomy tells us as parents to pass on our faith, to tell our children of it, to speak of it when when we lie down and when we rise up and when we walk in the way. And yet I'm afraid that so often we, even as parents, we don't take the opportunities to speak of God's goodness and His praise to our children. We think it more than we say it. And I'm afraid I know in my life I've been guilty of thinking that my kids know what I know. But they don't. Because we don't say it enough in front of them. Hey, did I ever tell you about the time? They ought to say, yes, Dad, you told me. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you the story blindfolded, okay? But I'm afraid I have not told my stories that many times to my children. Reading this tonight reminds me of how important it is. In Psalm 45, Verse 17, we are reminded that we should praise the Lord so His name will be remembered. So His name will be remembered. You know, there, there were a few, couple of occasions we read about in the Old Testament where the next generation, it says they knew not the Lord or His goodness, or they knew not, you know, the, the whoever the leader was. Boy, that's sad, isn't it? It means the generation before didn't say it enough. In Psalm 45, verse 17, look what it says there. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. The only way to perpetuate praise 
is to proclaim God's goodness to the next generation. Keep telling them and keep telling them and keep telling them. Make sure they remember the goodness of God. Why do you think God told his children on different intervals at different times, you know, set out those stones for a memorial and set aside this place for a memorial? What was all those memorials about? It was object lessons, things that they would see and talk about and remember, things that their kids would have to come up and say, hey, what, 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 what's the deal with this statue? Hey, what does that stone mean? What's this place for? <clears throat> Excuse me. And the parents would have to say, oh, this is the place where God did this. This is a stone reminding us of God and giving the story behind it. You know, I wonder how many of us have those memorials in our life, around our home. We should. I have thought on occasion and, and, and regret that I, that I didn't take action on some of those. Because we praise the Lord so his name will be remembered. We need to speak of him more often and his goodness to us. And then when, lastly, when should we praise the Lord? Psalm 150, we'll start there. That was our text. In Psalm 150, verse 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Well, there's two places or two times. When should we praise the Lord? We certainly should praise him in his sanctuary. Well, that's where we are tonight. We've dedicated this room as the sanctuary of God. And we've invited him to dwell here. Now, it's not like the Old Testament. God dwells in us in the New Testament. But we've set aside this place to worship His name. This is not the temple, because the Bible says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He indwells believers today. But when we assemble in this place, we've dedicated this place to Him. This is the place where we worship God. And shame on us if we don't do it here. Praise His name. That's why we sing, and that's why we have songs. That's why we have the congregation, uh, congregational singing and give you the opportunity to get in on that. It's not because you sing well or, or, or whether you can't even carry a tune. It's just to get in on the praise of God and so that we can share in lifting up praises to his name. We should also praise the Lord in his power. His power is demonstrated in our lives. Sometimes that happens here, but most of the time, I think, it would happen away from here. As God works in our lives in different ways, in different places, at different times, those are the moments when we should stop and praise God and tell people around us how good God is and point out what he did. That was the power of God. <clears throat> of course, we talked about answered prayer. We should certainly praise God when he answers prayers that we lift up to him. Just as he did uh, uh, work in the life of David Hickson Jr. We, we prayed while they were here, and tonight we heard an update, right? It, it's at least a partial answer. There's improvement, and God is, has been helping and healing, lifting him up, and he's been able to go home. And we should praise God for that. Praise God when he answers prayer. Psalm 146, let's look at a couple more and we'll be done. Psalm 146, look at verse 2 if you would. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God 
while I have any being. Boy, that's some great determination right there. And it answers the question, when should we praise the Lord? While you live. You still have breath. You still have time. You still have life. You still have opportunity to praise the Lord. It's not too late to get a few more in. Let's praise his name tonight as he's been so good to us. There's no one more deserving of praise than our God. In Psalm 149, we'll close with this. Psalm 149, look at verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. (laughs) This is our sword. Amen. The people of God, we should go forward just like that with the high praises of God. Look, he didn't say praises. High praises. Oh, we should be lifting it up high, shouldn't we? Let's do better. Let's be better at praising God, giving him the praise that he deserves tonight. And uh, let's, let's praise him as we live. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. Father, how we thank you, Lord, tonight for your precious word. And how we confess tonight that you're worthy of all our praise, all our worship, all our adoration. And Lord, that's why we come to you with thanksgiving, with worship, with praise, and with prayers. Lord, because we know you're able. And we know tonight you're worthy. Lord, tonight we confess that we just haven't lifted up praise enough. We haven't been good at at praising you, Lord, like we should. We ask you to help us do better. May we enter into this season, Lord, on purpose, with the joyful content of our lips and with the thanksgiving and praise on our hearts. May we be wholehearted in all that we do, especially in this matter of praise. Lord, may we speak your praises over and over, loud and long, high. Lord, help us to lift up your praise, pointing others to you and letting them know of the greatness of your power, of your good deeds among men, and your answers to our prayers. Lord, may we praise you more. Help us to do just that. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.